Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month, June 2019. Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month is a compilation of the weird, disturbing, and downright baffling stories currently happening in our world. From UFOs to serial killers, ancient sites, mysterious creatures, and even ghosts, these are the Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month for June 2019. Number 5. James Wright Home of the weird and the outcast, carnivals have harbored the long-time tradition of featuring the unusual, but in this instance, it carried on one deadly killer. Mendota, Virginia native James Wright was known as Tater to Friends. Between February to May of 2019, he had been working as a subcontracted employee of the James H. Drew Exposition, a traveling carnival that operated up and down the entire East Coast. It was Wright's job to operate the pony ride. Initially, police didn't realize the self-professed gun nut was connected to any murder case. They first went to speak with him as he lay in a hospital bed after he had crashed his car. There they asked if he knew where missing 25-year-old Athena Hobson was since he was the last person to have been seen with her. He told police that on March 17th, he picked up Athena and took her to his house. He had been paying her to clean his home for some time and afterwards, he claimed to have taken her home later that day. But none of her family members had seen her and so shortly after, they reported her missing on March 21st. Two days after the female was last seen, Wright's pickup truck crashed into a school bus. No one from the bus was hurt, but Wright broke his arm, leg, and hip. Everyone wished him well on Facebook, but one comment came from Athena's dad asking him if he knew where his daughter was. Authorities took out a search warrant for Wright's truck and combed through the vehicle. There they found Athena's cell phone. Another warrant was then issued for Wright's home, and when police searched through the items there, they discovered stuff belonging to another woman named Elizabeth Van Meter. At that time, police had no idea who she was, but the item had her address on it in Tennessee, so the officers followed up on it. It was only then they found out Elizabeth was reported missing as well and that the last person she was seen with was James. Wright was taken into custody and more search warrants were issued. After combing through his property, they then found the bodies of Elizabeth Van Meter and Jocelyn Alsop. Elizabeth was 22 years old but suffered from cognitive disabilities, functioning with the mental capacity of a 13-year-old. Although it's unclear what his relationship to her was exactly, Wright says that on February 28th, he was with Elizabeth when they got into an argument and he accidentally shot her. He then buried her body near his Virginia home but never told her family, even after Elizabeth was reported missing. As for Jocelyn, she was 17 years old and her father was a co-employee of Wright's in the carnival. Wright said they were together on the 8th, he had sex with her in the woods close to his house, and as he tried to shoot an animal, he accidentally shot her instead. He covered the body and left it there. He also didn't inform Jocelyn's father, even after she was reported missing. When police questioned Wright, he admitted to killing all three girls, but said each one was an accident. Detectives believe Wright may have had more victims because of the nature of his work. Moving from town to town allowed him easy access to escape if needed, Police are now attempting to trace the locations where the carnival had traveled with Wright and to check on the missing persons these cities or counties have. Wright is currently being held in custody without any bond. 
Number four, Bonnie Haim. For 26 years, nobody knew where she went. Bonnie Haim was said to have taken her car and purse before driving away from her Jacksonville, Florida home on January 6, 1993. The following day, police arrived at the Hames' home, saying they found Bonnie's purse in a motel dumpster near the Jacksonville airport. Michael Haim, Bonnie's husband, said that they had an argument the night before and Bonnie left in a huff. He said he was afraid she might be leaving him and their son for good. Michael added that he called his mother to babysit their son while he went out and looked for Bonnie. He was gone from the house that night for about 45 minutes but couldn't find her and waited until the next morning to keep on looking. Veteran officer Detective Hinson didn't buy Michael's explanation and wonder why he never called authorities if he was in fact searching for her. Hinson decided to search the area near the Jacksonville airport for more clues. Sure enough, they were able to find Bonnie's abandoned car. Inside the driver's seat was a pristine footprint from an athletic shoe they believed was from the last person that drove the car. They managed to match this back to Michael, but deemed it insufficient proof since they were husband and wife. Detectives then had a child psychologist interview their three-year-old son, Aaron. The young boy told the psychologist, Daddy hurt her. Police believe Michael and Bonnie got into an argument and that he killed her, removed her body, or disposed of it in front of their son. Although police believe Michael was a suspect, they didn't have any hard evidence to prove it and so Michael remained free. Aaron, meanwhile, went on to be adopted by another family because authorities feared that his life was in danger if he was, in fact, the only witness to the murder. Years passed, and in 2005, Aaron and his adopted parents sued his biological father for wrongful death, even without a body present. He received a $26.3 million payout, along with the deed to their original home. By 2015, Aaron, who was 25 years old by now, then used the home primarily as a rental property, but found there was a leak in one of the pipes. He had contractors take out a concrete slab, and it's there that they found a piece of a skull. Investigators then spent several days sifting through the dirt, only to discover more bones. After several weeks, DNA testing confirmed it was Bonnie Hames' remains that had been found. Michael Haim was then finally arrested for her murder. For years, Bonnie's friends and family waited for the trial date, and in April of 2019, they finally got it. It took the jury less than 90 minutes to decide. The family asked for at least 26 years in prison to mark the number of years Bonnie had been missing. They did get their justice when Michael was sentenced by the jury to life in prison. Number 3. 82-Year-Old Handyman Arrested at 82 years old, Ray Vanuenhoven, known as Old Ray in his neighborhood of Lakewood, Wisconsin, was nothing but an elderly, gentle, and kind handyman. He was the type of neighbor who would always wave at you when he was passing by, and no one thought anything about him was strange or off. But in March of 2019, that all changed when police closed the access roads leading up to Ray's single-story baby blue home. He opened the door when they knocked, and then he was promptly arrested. See, weeks before that, Ray had allowed County Chief Deputy Darren Laskowski inside his home. The deputy said he was urging local residents to take a survey about local policing, and Ray agreed to do it. Laskowski asked him to place the survey form inside an envelope and seal it. 
Like any habit, Ray licked the flap and the officer left his home. Little did he realize licking that envelope flap would seal his own fate, because as it turns out, the survey wasn't even real. Investigators just needed Ray's DNA sample so they could test it against evidence of a brutal double homicide as well as rape that happened back in 1976. Days after he was arrested, Ray was charged with first-degree murder and sexual assault. Neighbors and those who knew him are still in shock at what police uncovered about Ray's past. Going back, it was July 9, 1976, when engaged couple, 25-year-old David Schultz and 24-year-old Ellen Matthews, decided to camp at McClintock Park in the northeast area of Lakewood. The couple set up a tent and decided to go for a hike, but before leaving, Schultz used the bathroom. While there, he was suddenly shot down with a 30 caliber pistol. He was struck in the neck and died instantly. It's believed Matthews then fled or was ordered into a forested area about 100 yards from the bathroom. Once there, she was raped, then shot twice. Later that afternoon, Scholl's body was found, and the following day, Matthews' body was discovered. Police ruled out robbery since no money was taken and even the camera on Schultz's shoulder was left behind. Semen was collected and this was preserved for evidence. Despite the investigation, though, there were no suspects and the case then went cold. During the 90s, when DNA became used more frequently, the collected DNA was ran through the database but this yielded no results. It wasn't until 2018 when investigators used a new technique created by Parabon Nanolabs the lab combines a suspect's DNA and genetic genealogy. Basically, it helps narrow down the suspect's DNA family or shows potential relatives. Officers then have to manually obtain DNA samples from the possible suspects and compare them to see if any of them match. This was the same technique used to capture the Golden State Killer and other high-profile unsolved cold cases. When officers ran the DNA from the double homicide, this was narrowed down to the family of Gladys Brunette and Edward Vanowenhoven. The couple had four sons, and each one was ruled out, that is, until they got to Ray. Unknown to many, Ray had been arrested in 1957 for attacking two young girls ages 17 and 16. He was charged with battery and sentenced to six months in prison. Then three years later, he pleaded guilty for not providing financial support to his wife and child. To those who knew him, they had no idea of Ray's dark past. They did, however, catch glimpses of it when Ray used to drink. He stopped just a few years ago because of health reasons, but they say he became a completely different man whenever he was under the influence. Ray appeared in court on March 22nd and proclaimed himself not guilty, but police uncovered a deeper side to Ray that not even his family knew. Ray had been married, but his wife died in February of 2008. Together, they had three daughters, three sons, and nine grandchildren. Number 2. Billy Chemermere Describing himself as a home health care nurse, 45-year-old Kenyan immigrant Billy Chemermere came to America in 2003 and settled in Dallas, Texas. Although he's worked at different jobs, he primarily provided health care as a home aide to elderly women despite having no actual certification as a nurse. On March 19th, a 91-year-old woman called into authorities saying that her aide had tried to smother her with a pillow. The man told her patient to go to bed, don't fight me, and then placed the pillow over her face, smothering her helpless until she passed out. 
He then took her jewelry and left. Fortunately, the patient survived and called police. Cops decided to tail Billy to see what kind of person they were dealing with. After all, it was just a woman's word against his, so they need something else to go on if they were going to arrest him. During this time, they saw him heading to a trash can to dispose of something. Police fished out what he threw away and discovered it was a jewelry box belonging to a woman named Lou Kim Harris. When investigators visited this woman, they discovered her dead in her bed, having been suffocated. By March 20th, police arrested Billy and charged him with capital murder. But authorities did a lot more digging and discovered that he also had left a huge string of dead bodies in his wake. In October of 2017, they believe he also tried to kill and smother a 93-year-old woman in a retirement community. She said a maintenance worker had forced his way into the home, knocked her down, and tried to smother her with a pillow. Afterwards, he stole her jewelry and left her to die. Two other elderly women came forward, stating Billy also tried to smother them and kill them by sitting on their chests and stealing valuable items. As time passed, officers looked through their history of elderly killings and tied Billy to six murders between 2016 and 2018. Furthermore, there's five more murder victims in Collin County whose identities have yet to be released. Currently, Billy Chemermere is being held with a $1 million bond. He has had prior arrests, including two drunk driving convictions, assault when he attacked his girlfriend, and providing a false identity. ICE has also placed him on immigration hold since he never completed his process of applying for an American citizenship in 2007. Currently, the investigation continues. Number 1. Chicago's 51 It started in 2001. Most of the bodies found were those of young black women, discovered in alleyways, garbage containers, weed-infested, vacant lots, or abandoned buildings. Most had torn clothing and showed signs of sexual abuse. Police believe many of the women were drug addicts or prostitutes, and almost all of them had been strangled to death. Recently, activists brought the case to light again, asking for Chicago police to reopen the cases and investigate the possibility of a serial killer. Although initially authorities said there was no connection found in the murders, they've reopened the cases to see if there were indeed any missed connections. The number of possible victims was churned out by people from the Murder Accountability Project. This group analyzes homicides all around the United States and feeds the information into a computer algorithm, putting in their details how they died in which state. For Chicago, this resulted in 51 strikingly similar cases of women whose bodies were discovered in the poorest areas of the city. Many are frightened that there is a serial killer on the loose, but detectives say so far 21 of the murders in question hold 21 different suspects based on their DNA. But they will still look into the possibility of one or two killers roaming around the area. Another curious note from the case is that the killings momentarily stopped between 2014 and started again in 2017. They speculate if there is one suspect, he may have gone to prison or moved out of the area during that time. Victims' family members also point out the fact that maybe these women being poor has something to do with the lack of resolution on the case. However, detectives point out that it's not so much about their societal status, but the high-risk lifestyle the women led. Police are looking at all possibilities, and Representative Bobby Rush, 
The person whose district where many of the victims were found in also called the help of the FBI to join the investigation. He also warned the community that a possible serial killer might be present in the area. Officers are hoping to find a break in the case or at least discover potential clues and evidence to help further the investigation that is still ongoing. Hopefully, answers will come sooner rather than later. So there were the strange and scary mysteries of the month for June 2019. Every day we encounter strange and mysterious stories that most of us don't know what to make of. These are just a handful, but there's still so much more to uncover. If you enjoyed watching this video, then please subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell. We have new videos every Wednesday and Saturday that we know you'll want to check out. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon.